0: Right, ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the Football Ramble. Bail back to Spain. Rashford pricier than Haaland and a huge moment in the women's game. It's Wednesday the 24th of March. I'm Jules Breach.
1: I'm Luke Moore. And I'm the the Hunter Ahantarajan.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble this lovely Wednesday. You styled that out, Vish, you little stylish bugger, you.
1: I know. I had a bit of, um, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but there's this amazing video of Jennifer Lopez going around on the the internet. I saw
0: you tweeted it yesterday. Right.
1: Talk to me. I haven't seen it. She goes goes back to her uh, family home. Where is it? I think it's in Grana.
0: Oh. Oh. I thought that was in New York. Was it Oh, uh, I don't know. Well, her isn't her hometown New York. Jenny, well, that's what she sings about. From the block, yeah, from the yeah.
1: Bronx. Maybe well maybe she's maybe it's all a lie. Maybe. But she goes back basically she goes back to a what used to be a family home and there's a bloke outside and she's like, "Oh, I used to live in there." And he went, "Who are you?" <laughs> <laughs> she went, "Jennifer." Who's Jennifer? <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. Who's Jennifer Lopez? To, <laughs> I'm Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> it's amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh, is your name David? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, uh, that's up until the bit where she says, "I'm my name's Jennifer." I've had that exact experience outside my old house. What? Um, I went. I was walking past. People, my old someone house.
0: didn't know who you were. No, no,
2: no. I was walking <laughs> past my old house, and there was a person standing outside it. This is years ago, and I said for no reason. One of those things would be like, "Why did you say that?" I just went, oh, I used to live there. And he went, hey, who are you? I was like, no one, I used, I used to live there. Did you see say you later. It? I'm yeah. Luke
0: Moore from that, the Football that, Roundball.
2: And that's, I'm Luke what, Moore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's nice though when you get to see your old house, isn't so my it? My old house
2: was up for sale recently and um, I, my mum sent me the link to it on whatever it is, um, Rightmove or whatever. And I was like, oh, it's really exciting. Yeah. Because I lived there for like 15 years. And I started clicking through the photos and about five photos in, I was like, no. It's all wrong. Yeah. Put it back to yeah. Outlaws. I don't it's want to so see it. It's so true, is it? Careful what you wish for. It Careful is weird. What you wish the for.
0: same thing happened to me recently, Luke. The house I used to live in in Brighton years ago went up for sale. One of my mates is looking to buy a house in the area. And she was like, oh my God, Jules, it's your old house. And sent me the link. And it's so weird. Like yeah. how they've decorated it is it's clean and
1: everything now, right? Um, <laughs> I'm how do you so- get the blood out of that? <laughs> yeah. There's
2: not seven dogs in the garden. I'll
0: tell you the answer. Coca-Cola gets blood out of carpet.
2: There you go.
1: I mean, you just said that too quickly. Chilling. Yeah. Absolutely chilling.
2: <laughs> um, by story. the way, um, before we get into the show proper, I want to say to you two. I know you, you two can be very volatile, oh, sat God. opposite each other. We're doing play your parts right later, and you're gonna have to work together. So start thinking about how you're gonna team We're up. Gonna have
0: to work together. Yeah, is that even possible, Vish?
2: That's, well, we'll see. Tune in, listeners, and find out. <laughs> Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> 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 well, it's what I mean when I say you have to work together is, Vish, you're gonna have to sit there quietly where Jules makes all the decisions. You're gonna
0: yeah, <laughs> basically do what I say, Vish. You've got to look forward to that at the end of today's ramble. So play right coming up later. Lots to talk about though. Um, there was some big news a couple of days ago uh, that the Women's Super League TV deal was announced. And it's a huge, huge moment for women's football. From next season WSL games are going to be showed live on the BBC and Sky in a deal worth around about £8 million per season. Um, Sky are going to broadcast around 44 of the matches with a minimum of 35 being shown across their main channels. BBC are going to have about 22 games across the season. Eight shown on their mainstream free-to-air channels. It's huge, isn't it, Vish? This is big news for the women's game and a bit of a watershed moment, I think, going forward because of the amount of investment this will put not just into what's happening now, but for years to come.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's um, It's the kind of deal which I think is all the more impressive given that we've been through a pandemic and given how women's football and women's sport in particular has been badly affected by it compared to men's. And it is, I suppose it's just you know riding that wave. Really, we see that with women's sport, and you know I, I cover a lot of women's cricket. You see the movement of it, and when it picks up speed, it doesn't really stop. And there was a worry, obviously, that the pandemic was kind of bringing it to a halt. And when you're going up an incline, when you stop, you only go down, don't you? Yeah. So to have this, and I think there was there were some reports even that it was it they could have potentially gone for ten a season, but with the pandemic, um, you know they had to kind of play their card rights a bit. And I think the way, yeah, I mean, don't get get Alan Pardew. No, he's not involved. Yeah, Yeah, keep him away from that. (laughs) 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 But the uh, the other thing about it is, it sounds like uh, you know I was reading up on um and on how they decided to broach the deal, but I think it it is a three-year deal, isn't it? Um, and I think uh, Sky and the BBC or certainly you know whoever had the final say over what was accepted, they wanted more, but they thought, well, actually. We're not going to go for five or six years because who knows where we'd we'll be in three years' time. Why don't we just keep as much as we can yeah, right. in, yeah. in the tank? And I, I think it's really been really smartly done, really well executed. And and yeah, I'm very excited. The free to air thing is a huge part of that as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. The free to air part is for me the the most important point as 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 it relates to the potential future impact because we, it's huge having it on domestic free to air TV. We've seen it time and time again in the past. The cultural impact of sporting events is far greater because they're seen by so many more people. Now, I know that um, you know the subscription channels will dominate, particularly football in this country. And we're used to having BT Sports, Sky Sports being sort of synonymous with it. But it is worth remembering that, you know, the, the viewing figures on, I don't know, Sky Sports for a Premier League game. Um, I was looking at this earlier is um, the average viewership for, for, for Premier League games shown on Sky Sports in the UK during the season before the pandemic mm. was 1.9 million people. I think, it, I think it rose to something like around three on one of the particularly big games. But generally speaking, I mean, which obviously a lot of people, but if you look at the impact the BBC could have yeah, on things massive. like the World Cup, the Euros, mm. the Olympics, you know, in perspective, having people have access to it is really important. For a lot of different social, economic factors as well that we probably don't need to get into now, but if you're if you can be a child who's inspired by sport at a young age because you've got access to watching it on TV and seeing your future heroes doing their thing, that's really important. Yeah. But I do I do also think that um one thing that's got to be mentioned is that the coverage this week was talking about how much of a big watershed moment it is, and you mentioned that yourself, Jules, which I think is fair. It clearly is. It's, it's a big watershed moment to have the biggest broadcast deal for any women's professional football league in the world. I think isn't it anywhere? That's obviously massive.
0: It's the first time that the women's rights have been sold separately to the men's game. Yeah. So, so, it's, so it's so it's yeah.
2: big. It's, so there's a lot of big steps being taken here. But it is worth saying that you know BT Sport. have been covering this for a while. Mm. I mean, it has been BT have you know dedicated airtime to it, dedicated resources to it, and given it a leg up as well. Now, of course, this deal is much bigger, and and we don't need to get into the kind of politics around that, but. BT have done it. I mean, it's not the first time it's being shown. It's just yeah. the first time it's being shown in this one. I think it's worth pointing out that BT have invested a bit into the game as well. Some of,
1: some of the people they've had on the coverage have been... <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have chosen some of the presenters, personally. I know, I know. And I think yeah. it got to a point where it had to be taken out of their hands. They really. inserted a clause in
2: the contract for the new coverage, I think, where they said, yes, yes, uh, no, definitely not, definitely not. Stop!
0: <laughs> I think there was
1: also an issue where they thought like we can't really get them to play after the watershed so we've I mean if the if yeah. presenters aren't yeah. going to clean them out yeah. then we just yeah. take it off them yeah can we have a bleep button you for live do. TV no, you
0: <laughs> honestly no I am I am you know all joking aside I'm, I'm absolutely gutted that we're not going to have the you know the women's football on BT anymore because I have Really, really enjoyed working on it. It's been so fun. I saw you at a game, didn't I, Vish? We had a bit of fun that yeah, time.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny what she's like when people aren't watching. She's actually all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys shouldn't be um,
2: associating with outside the ramble environment. <laughs> sorry, against Luke. Against sorry. Just
0: ramble only. Ramble only. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, look. it's um, It's been a an amazing... Thing for me to work on over the last few years. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And also the comparisons to working on the men's game as well. It is different. And it'll be interesting to see how this investment changes the way that the women's game has actually been broadcast. Because at the moment, from what I've worked on at BT, and Luke, you make a really good point, that this investment that's been made by the likes of Sky and BBC to, to gain these rights for the next three years is is, you know, a lot of that has been done because of the hard work that's been put in place before by other broadcasters and other very small companies that have yeah. invested a lot of their own time, a yeah. lot of their own money. BT Sport uh, are a huge part of that as well. The amount of investment that they've made in the production. I Like, honestly, you if you don't work in, in TV or radio, it's hard to really understand just how much and how many people work on each individual match and the, the amount of effort that goes into it and that hard graft and and all of that has sort of built up and built up and built up over the years to get the women's game to where it is now and it's because of all of that that we now have this amazing platform for hopefully more people to be invested in the women's game for more young girls and boys to be able to watch these incredible athletes and these really talented footballers on tv because if you can't see it you can't be it so Mm -hmm. how inspirational to be able to have particularly like you say luke the free-to-air games on the bbc for these young individuals to watch and to be able to see that and and you know hopefully aspire to be that as well and i think that you know, working on it over the last few years has been amazing, and and um, yeah, we're, we're sad to see it go from BT Sport.
2: I'm sure you would be. No, absolutely, I understand that, and and I think it's obviously come at a really good time because there was a study uh, by the Telegraph's uh, women's sport team, I uh, think maybe a week or two ago, or I certainly saw it a week or two ago, um, showed that women's sport has been disproportionately affected by the pandemic, particularly in terms of days of activity, whether it be training or playing games, has been lost um far more than than the men's game a lot of that's down um, to
0: facilities and stuff exactly, as well isn't it exactly
2: right so so that's really important as well so it's come at a good time but also what what ha- needs to happen over and above that is that it needs the money needs to be invested in the right place yes. because it will be clearly much more beneficial for the long-term future of the sport if it can become self-sustainable so if you can get access to people who want to watch it people who want to participate in it people who want to play it the, 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 obviously the money being invested will mean the standard gets higher and it's mm. a kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It's like a whole loop, feedback loop, where the thing gets better and better and better. Yeah. And, and we shouldn't forget in our coverage of, of the game and the women's game, you know, women playing football was effectively banned by the FA for like decades. Yeah. So of course they're going to be way behind where the men's game is because the men's game is a phenomenon. Really, the men, men's football in a global sense, it's a bit of an outlier anyway. It's by far the most popular sport in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's not even close, really. I know you have different pockets of American sport and obviously cricket's massive in the subcontinent, all the rest of it. But football is the biggest sport in the world. And men's football, predominantly, is, is why that is. So is it necessarily beneficial to compare the two things when, when women's football's had nowhere near the start or the tradition or the history that the men's games had?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I think the um, the other important thing to this is that if you look at the structure of um, women's football in the UK it's strong at the very top and then you don't need to go too far down to find areas that, that need drastic improvement and I suppose specifically if you go to what would be essentially the fourth fifth tier um, you know my partner used to play for Leighton Orange she used to uh, captain them she was a uh, coach as well of their reserves by the end and you know they play a high standard football Jules I think you know someone who plays for yeah, Leighton I Orange as do, well yeah. yeah. play really high standard of football but the the barriers, not least with facilities, but also in terms of when you get up to a level and you reach that kind of semi pro level, you're at a bit of a tipping point, really, mm-hmm. where you can choose to go one way, but actually it's not beneficial to try and strive for professionalism. So hopefully this deal, there will be some trickle down, and it wouldn't need to trickle down particularly far, but where it can just make the system that little bit more sleeker. Um, and also, I was thinking about it from, I suppose, like my, specifically my corner of the industry, you know, written media. And, like you know, Jules, you, you obviously will know this because you'll see it at games, but the majority of people who cover WSL games, whether that's reporting, uh, doing the audio, doing pieces to camera, they're predominantly women. And it has been a great way for more women to get into journalism. Yeah. If you look at, I suppose some of the more prominent um, female journalists who write a lot about the WSL now. I'm thinking like Susie Rack of The Guardian, Molly Hudson at The Times, Emma Casey Sanders. Katie What I mean, yeah, um, brilliant. Yeah, Katie White, Flo Lloyd hughes as well. Sorry? Flo Lloyd-Hughes. Flo Lloyd-Hughes, yeah, yeah. Um, does a lot of talk, stuff for Talk Sport, doesn't she? Yeah. And like, at The Independent, we've got um, Jessie Parker Humphries, who freelances for us, and they do um, bits where they can. But basically, the fact that I could name them is kind of part of the problem, isn't it? But what it does, or what we've seen from women's football and women's sport in general... It's a much safer space, a space where people feel more comfortable, where they can come in and get that move into the industry. Because a lot of those people I've named cover men's football as well. And what you're going to see is with, with it more on TV, with it gaining more prominence, more people are going to have to cover it. And I think that's the way you get big broadcasters, big publications to really... Invest time into it. You know, you, we've invested the money. Now it's time for us to invest the time. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm very excited, I, and it's. I think it will. And
2: should be good. It's a good point. I, I think going back, circling back to the, the view and figures thing. I mean, I was just thinking while Vish was talking there about um the women's World Cup a couple of years ago, mm. and that felt like a big event at the time. Mm. It was so uh, good. Yeah. I so mean, that good. was obviously covered on the BBC. There was something like 28 million people watched it. The England USA um, semi-final, wasn't it? The USA 1-2-1. And that was watched by loads of that was watched by like twelve million people on on the BBC. So the appetite is there. People do mm. want to watch it. So we've got to be careful about things like scheduling and giving people a fair crack of the whip and all that type of stuff. Um but the fact is that Sky are gonna broadcast it on their main I've committed to broadcast it on their main sports channels. The BBC yeah. I'm sure will will do the, well, I mean the BBC haven't really got that, that many other different options. So so it'll be it'll be a I think it'll be a really seismic um I think time. that's
0: um, that's a really good point actually, Luke, about the the scheduling of it because um what BT have done in the last couple of months is they moved a couple of their women's fixtures to Friday nights. So mm-hmm. the Manchester Derby was on a Friday night about a month or so ago. Yeah. and it was amazing. I like I was so excited that there was a Friday night football match in the WSL and, you know, sat there like I would pref- put, to watch any Premier League game. and it was it was really great to have it in that real prime time spot. But it is important that that's all the stuff that they have to think about in terms of getting that right, so that, as you say, there's going to be that visibility and as many eyes watching it as possible for all the reasons that we've already outlined. But um, it's a really exciting time. More women working in football, more people hopefully aspiring to these footballers and seeing more female footballers playing the game as well. And also just having even more football on the telly. What more could we want?
2: Yeah. And I think absolutely right. And I think scheduling is really important more broadly because a lot of the world, particularly the entertainment world, which sport is an extension of, it's about it's about messaging, it's about PR, it's about marketing yourself. You know, why is um, the dart so popular? Well, it's really popular because in the evenings, in a massive arena, get pissed, can't you? People, Yeah, 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 yeah that's part of it. And it's and it's all, all over <laughs> Christmas. Jules knows, look at that straight in there. So <laughs> over Christmas, when people yeah, aren't doing yeah. anything else, right? So
0: when I went to the football ramble tour live, and it was at Ali Pali, I was so excited because I thought this is where they do the darts. Yeah. And I've always wanted to go there for the darts, but instead I went to football. What football. was she like, like in the
1: crowd? Well, Heckled. About, first of all, there's
2: about a tenth of the people there that a bit at the darts. <laughs> um, Jules was, um, she, she basically turned up late with like a handbag um, with a little dog in it.
0: No, I did not. Sat in the
1: front
2: row, sighing really loudly. Yeah. Then afterwards, came backstage, took all the beers and all the food from the backstage. That bit bit is correct. And left.
1: Well, it's funny. Like when when dog she dog was way. talking about all the all the effort that goes into putting games on. That's just her roadie, isn't it?
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh. The overheads will be a lot lower now. It's not a beauty
1: sport.
0: Oh, it's an it's an amazing time for the women's game. It's so, great. Um, Things crossed. It all works out well. And I, I think look, the the important thing is the investment in the game, and let's hope it gets invested in the right right place because what we have seen particularly in this last year is so many games being called off because pitches aren't good enough and that training facilities aren't good enough for these women so let's hope that the investment starts from the bottom and and comes up as well so um yeah positive stuff right let's move on and talk about well we we go from that to the world's most expensive footballers and um this has been done by a research company football researchers i imagine them as like a bunch of nerds sat at computers typing up all You these think
1: numbers. everyone's a bunch of nerds yeah. though. <laughs> no, you? Yeah. yeah.
0: The CIES football observatory um have basically Enjoy put... the way she said
1: that. Yeah. The vitriol football on her observatory. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs>
0: They've put together some research and um, done a little tally of the most expensive players. <laughs> for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Um in the world and it's Marcus Rashford. Yeah. ahead of Erling Haaland. Um, That's insane. So
2: I'm in a slightly different position to you guys, because you're a nerd. No, because I'm not really a professional broadcaster per se, like you two are. So you guys are very quite big in the game. (laughs) Not (laughs) bitter. at all about losing the WSL. (laughs) Exactly. Um, The 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 CIES Football Observatory. I'm not. I'm not necessarily paid. To know what this is. Right. So I've looked it up online. They look like a bunch of um, sort of weird Bond villains in some kind of chateau in Switzerland who just occasionally pump out reports about different aspects of football. But I don't really know. What it's for or what it does? No,
0: I'm not sure and, either. And, to be honest, I don't case, know why you would think me and Vish would know. Hand no over to Vish then, <laughs>
2: because Vish is a professional journalist.
1: Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of. I'm just opening my work emails now because I get a lot of PR emails from them. Yeah, they're part sort of a great PR company. Yeah, because they're road of anyone involved. Because they, they're, um, you generally get these these kind of things around international breaks where people need a lot to fill. Yeah, and so, like, if you Google. C-I-E-S football laboratory do we have to s- observatory sorry do we have to the say laboratory. that like Solid March <laughs> say again we have to say it like Solid March we've got to say the every whole time. name yeah. 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 every yeah every time but yeah if you google the C-I-E-S football <laughs> observatory you'll find a load of news stories done by people who you know including probably the independent actually who are a bit like fuck it's international break, what the, what the yeah. hell do we do yeah. but so,
2: so what they've been doing I suppose is they've been do- calculating a load of different data, bits of data giving us yeah well true giving us a load of yeah content.
1: I mean we're no different are we we're yeah. <laughs> part of the problem
2: um, a load of different data uh, and to establish who the most expensive players in the world, I suppose it's about contracts, wages, length of contract, ability, all that kind of stuff. And Marcus Rashford is apparently, yeah, like you said the most expensive player in the world according like, to them. This
0: is mad. Mm. I, I just find how, how do they get this information as well? How do they get the details of these contracts? Because this feels like it's like illegal.
2: I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. But <laughs> Jules, you're looking for a conspiracy theory. I, I am, I, I really yeah.
0: am. Um Bakayo Saka was rated as the third most expensive player in the Premier League, according uh, sorry, accounting for twenty percent of Arsenal's squad value. He's nineteen years old, guys. That kinda
1: of makes it isn't that because isn't it that Doesn't that, he isn't have there that other worth players? Big, yeah, there's that as well. But isn't it because he's 1930 so expensive?
0: Well, yeah, I guess so. Because then, yeah, it correlates to how long you've got left of your career yeah. and how much you're going to be worth eventually.
2: And big Trent was but, in there as well. I yeah, saw in the top Trent. ten. Big, big, ten, big Trent Alexander-Arnold was the most expensive defender. Tell Gareth Southgate Man, that it.
0: pathetic
2: by
1: <laughs> Southgate going for Sergio Giorgini right backs. Yeah. <laughs> I, of our expensive yeah. Trent.
2: I um also saw Steven Gerrard um. Piping up about that, didn't he?
0: Did he? What did he say? He said
2: because Trent Alexander-Arnold was obviously left out of the England squad. He said, um, "He's my I'll, boy. I'd always be there for Trent." It goes Aww. without saying. Any second of the day, I wouldn't make the first move. What? Yeah, weird.
1: You can't what? say you wouldn't make the first move if you're trying to play it cool. You don't say I'm trying to play it cool. Actually, yeah. Trent
2: Alexander-Arnold got so pissed off about not being picked up for England, he agreed to go to Rangers alone. <laughs> Is that what Steven Gerrard's like angling for
1: it? I think he is, yeah. yeah. They were quite close when they were... like. Um, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold has said that he used to watch Gerrard in training and like, you know... I was going to say fancied him, not like that. What? Yeah. But as in like, he used to watch him in training and be like, oh God, I want to be like this bloke. Yeah. Um, and Trent Alexander played a bit in midfield when he was coming through... The youth system at uh, uh, Liverpool, and I, I reckon Gerard is just just tugging on that string a little bit.
2: Uh, that happens a lot more than people think. It uh, doesn't get mentioned enough. The only time it ever really gets mentioned is what do with, you mean? Uh, what happens? Well, like the mentoring of of younger players by right. by senior players. Yeah. Like, um, we talked about it on this show a while back about Declan Rice and Mark Noble. Declan Rice actually said it again on the TV the other day, talking about. Um, I think it was when Mark Noble announced that he was going to retire. Like it happens, I think a lot. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised at all if, if there's a some kind of mentoring system at most Premier League clubs. Yeah, think. the the the, one that's the same so way you're mentoring Vish. <laughs>
1: yeah, is that mentoring? <laughs> yeah.
0: That's um, a microphone, Vish. It's Speak very
1: yeah. It's the stick more than the carrot, which is. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I, I know about the concerned. microphone. It's when you showed me the knife. I got a bit scared. <laughs> yeah. um, one of the more surprising um, mentors in the Premier League has been Lacazette, at Arsenal. All the younger players at Arsenal um, right? always cite Lacazette as someone who who looks um, right. after them. Yeah, not the bloke who a Club captain who turns up late for, for games, <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, Andy yeah. talks about
2: Zlatan doing it at Milan as well. And, um, uh, James Will Prouse was Southampton's most valuable asset, was which he? Tells you everything you need to know about so, <laughs> yeah.
0: Who would be Pompey's?
1: <sighs> Die, uh, probably What's his th- name, Jonathan Portsmouth? Was his name, that, that, Colin P-
2: John P.S.C. <laughs> <laughs> Colin Portsmouth, <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Johnny Westwood? Yeah, it could be. Who's the most valuable member of the Ramble?
0: Oh, god, it's gotta be, it's gotta be. Marcus
2: yeah, the OG well, isn't it. Marcus, I'd yeah, say, yeah. No, I'd say yeah. yeah I'd say so, yeah. Spell dog.
0: You're fuming about that. Right?
2: No, I'm happy with that. It keeps
1: him. He's happy. not, is he, he? He's ticking. So if he's happy, I'm happy. For sure. <laughs> I thought we said not Marcus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. There we go. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got another one of your brilliant jingles and some more fun ramble stuff. Cinemo.
1: I've got a little one. A silent, um, <laughs> it was just banter. And I said, I know that, Sean. It's just banter really why do you need to nice. play that when I Jules is in the studio you know
0: what they set me up with that one we did yeah. not know that was coming Yeah, naughty so Charlie. to speak naughty um, um, yes time for your emails now um, you guys have been amazing by the way sending in some of your jingles so that we can get rid of Pete's old one um, <laughs> and uh, honestly some of these are just so good today's jingle comes from Matt Baker who wrote in and said my mate once told me I have a great backing vocal voice which was a hell of a backhanded compliment he's now writing songs for artists such as bts and zara larson whilst what? Here, yeah whilst here i am making jingles referencing old hairy hands keys who's the real winner here uh, he says keep up the top work cheers from matt so matt let's hear your jingle here it is
1: Richard
2: Keyes mention. Yeah.
0: Nice.
2: I didn't get the Keyes mention. Where's that? See, Darth little email jingle, Slipp oh, little oh, email jingle, yeah. fuck
0: off. Shall <laughs> I play it again? Yeah, please. Yeah. All yeah. right, here we go. One more time, Matt, just for you. Daff <laughs> little email jingle, Slipp little email
2: jingle, show at footballramble.com A bit of the, um, it's got a bit of the, um, kind of 90s grunge about it as well yeah, he definitely yeah. put
0: something on his voice there yeah. a bit of robotics bit on a, that a bit of
2: Bane a mm. bit of Puddle and Mud yeah it was a bit Vish didn't like it because he didn't mention Vish's, Vish's voice about 50 times
0: like the
1: last. well one. no because when you said there was a you know there was a Keys reference to it I was I was listening up for very different things <laughs> <laughs>
0: It was punchy, though. I liked it. Yeah. It was good, wasn't it?
1: It was, it on yeah. It too long, which is crucial, as yeah, we learned from yeah. Pete over yeah, the exactly, last however exactly. many years. Mm. I would not take this Pete email slander. Uh, this mm-hmm. is an email from Jake Shoreville, emailing on the subject of airflow to footballs, which we talked about on Tuesday's show. Or shoot fives, as they were known locally to me. Whilst playing out in the street when he was around eight or nine, a friend of mine managed to strike one of these balls so purely that it smashed the rear window mm-hmm. on a Mercedes I'm, park on the street. I'm not having that.
2: There's oh, yeah. no
1: way that happened.
2: Like I, I remember, we called them shoot fives as well. Yeah, and yeah. for those who weren't lucky enough or fortunate enough to play with them when you're a kid, they it would be impossible to break any kind of window with one. That's the whole point of them. So I'm saying to Jake, I'm calling it out and saying that Mercedes must have had a cracked window anyway. Yeah, There's, okay. there's no way anyone's... So, you, you could find... find. You know, remember when Roger Nangeland scored that goal for Belgium against Wales yeah. for miles out into the top corner? Right? <laughs> he could strike the ball that hard and it wouldn't break a window. As in this
1: particular ball, yeah. Yeah, shoot yeah.
2: five, it wouldn't happen. They're, t- they're really, really light. Shall I read
1: the rest of the email? No, wait, he's going to continue what, lying. What, what
0: you're trying to say, Luke, to Jake? <laughs> is that, he's a liar? Is are you sure, Luke, Jake? <laughs> Luke that's what you're saying. That's why, I fucked it up. That's didn't
1: why. It? <laughs> that's why they've taken it off BT. Yeah, it.
0: exactly.
1: Go on, carry on. <laughs> Go on finish
0: it off there. <laughs> he instinctively
1: <laughs> ran away and hid. Was caught caught immediately, and his dad made him pay for the window by keeping his weekly pocket money of two pound fifty. It took him just over three years to pay it off.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. That's, uh, Luke's pretty, uh, not having any Well, if it, it did happen, then $2. fair enough. 2.50 for pocket money. Yeah. Depends what it was, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I I find that very hard to believe. Look, maybe Jake can give us more information. I, mean, I don't
0: know. I have never seen one of these balls, so I don't... I you, you know, you can
1: get them, them in the beach. Comment. You know, they, like, they sell them on... Um, you
0: know, oh, on the
2: they sell them in those nets. It's like a little plastic ball. It's really light, full of air. You sometimes get them at petrol stations as well. Yeah. Yeah, bet, yeah. Broke a window, apparently. Not
1: going to happen. Either.
0: There we go. Oh yeah, I'm with to, you, Luke. She's
1: team more. Great to see it.
0: Bitch, right. Do you think it's real?
1: No, no, I think it's a lie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I was thinking back to the the best thing about them was re, trying to recreate the Roberto Carlos, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All you need to do is put it as hard as you could. Yeah, can well, exactly.
1: so uh, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think. Or, you know, it certainly was pre-broken. I think someone's had you on there, right?
2: Yeah, but I think it's probably fair. Unless Jake saw it with his own eyes, in which case he needs to provide, provide more information. It's as mm. simple as that. Um, there's been an inundate, We've been inundated with um, correspondence as well about me misattributing a plot <laughs> point. I'm
0: glad you said that word, because I thought that said something else yeah and I read it I'm sure you did
1: yeah uh what <laughs> you that thought you there? thought I said Luke masturbating plot did you yeah <laughs> I did yeah
0: I'm so sorry that's
1: okay um may I continue <laughs>
0: Go.
2: yeah okay um about so i, I talked last week, Vish, you were on the show about um <laughs>
0: don't look at me like that, yeah,
2: give her a minute. um <laughs> we talked about only and Horses, right the the Dale boy and only and Horses having the two dates on the same night, right, and apparently it didn't happen, <laughs> right. So loads of people got in touch, emailed in, <laughs> saying that Luke's talking shit, as usual, fine. <laughs> um, Tim, Tim Goulder emailed in saying, I'm pretty sure Luke is thinking of an episode of Goodnight Sweetheart where Nicholas Lindhurst, a.k.a. Rodney for Ronnie Falls Nortes, is having dinner with his wife in the 90s and then jumps out the toilet window in the restaurant going back to the wartime era via the time travel alleyway, which was the whole plot of the show, um, to have dinner with his other wife there and then goes back and forward through the eras. Oh. So it could be that. I think it probably was that. Um, I've
0: never heard of Good Night, Sweetheart. Oh, it's
2: it's not very good.
0: Right? Um, Why do
2: you watch it then? Who? Me? Yeah. I don't know really. I think it was the nineties. The TV (laughs) wasn't as good then, was it? Um, (laughs) But anyway, Josh has. However, I should a very very special mention for Josh, who got in touch. Josh Denowal, who said basically, to cut a long story short, has said he's a he's a big TV and film nerd, and he spends all his time watching film and TV, and he's basically given us a list of all the different. Uh, programs and films that this does happen right. <laughs> oh I like that but, yes. only, but, but the only one I picked it seems it didn't happen in which is only falls nauseous <laughs> so he so Josh reckons the the following TV or films TV shows or films have had that exact plot point a man trying to go on two dates on the same night uh, two dinners on the same night I feel
0: night. like I've seen that somewhere it's so a big yeah, trope let's see so, which, if it's one of these the, well,
1: nothing, the early
2: 2000s <laughs> <laughs> yeah Vish, you've never been on a date,
1: <laughs> no, not at the same time. <laughs>
2: Ready, The Nutty Professor, Cheers, and its spin off, Frazier, Eight Simple Rules, Save by the Bell, Friends, Simpsons, Futurama, The Brady Bunch, Mrs. Doubtfire, Black Sabrina the Teenage Witch, 27 Dresses, and both the TV and film versions of Superman. So it's been on everything, I've seen all, basically. all of those, yeah, yeah. So I, I must have just got confused, anyway. Thanks very much for clearing that up, Josh. The one good thing about this show is that if you make a mistake. People will always tell you.
0: Yes, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we love all your emails and we love your jingles as well. Keep them coming in. Show at footballramble.com. Uh right, let's talk about Bex. Come on then. International break. Any excuse to talk about David Beckham, Ovs. Mm. Um look, he's going big in this into Miami project, isn't he? He's quite um, big.
1: big. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean Phil Neville's it's still relative,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Phil listen, Neville's a manager. Listen,
0: he wants Messi and Ronaldo there. And yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's far off. You know what? No one else is going to pay that money in this COVID market, are they?
1: When I saw that, I thought he's got Kieran Gibbs. (laughs) Well, I mean, this is the thing. When I saw that, I thought, like, (laughs) to be fair to him, he hasn't put a a time constraint on that. No, and you know, when they're forty-five. No, I, I think uh, if you've achieved everything you want to achieve in the game,
0: why not go to Miami?
2: Hundred percent. It's on board. I I'm would. on board for that. Yeah. I'd go But now. what's happened here is David... <laughs> but Right now. Right now. Yeah. Charlie, <laughs> <laughs> um, start the car. Um, no, what's happened here, though, Vish, is that David Beckham has called up his, the, a, the agent he's using All here right. and he's opened the catalogue and he said, I want Ronaldo, Messi mm. and Neymar and the agent sucked through his teeth like a plumber visiting your house (laughs) said, I haven't got the tools in the van. I can do you a Kieran Gibbs, which should tide you over. But I'm going to warn you now, you're going to need to call me back in a year or so because that's going to go again. All right? And so he's got Kieran Gibbs.
0: And Ryan Shawcross.
2: Yeah. And by the way, how pissed off are you if you're Kieran Gibbs or Ryan Shawcross (laughs) that the big story about this is not that you're signing for David Beckham's into Miami, (laughs) it's that David Beckham in the future might want the world's best players. Cheers, Dave. Thanks very much. Just
1: treating them like phones. I'm going to upgrade this in a year, aren't I? (laughs) I
2: don't know what Ryan Shawcross Ryan will know what to do in Miami. To me, that's the weirdest move ever. I might be disrespecting him, but to me, it feels like a strange. Have
0: you been to Miami? I haven't, no. L- Vish?
1: No, I've never been to the West Coast. It's, oh,
0: no, it was on the, East Coast, on the so. East Coast. Oh,
1: the East Coast, sorry. I've, I've always South. been to the West Coast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, hold on. Oh, yeah, it is. Sorry, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Your wife's Where? from Washington State, right?
1: No, no, she's from um New York, New Jersey.
2: Oh, okay, right.
0: What, how are you getting confused about where we're? Yeah, I don't
1: is? know. I got I got really confused. I just thought hot and I was like, right, that's it. That yeah. Have you you've been to Miami? Are you? I have
0: been to Miami. Amazing place.
1: Tell us more.
0: Uh well it's um it's quite it's quite Hispanic actually. It's quite Spanish. Yeah. Like <laughs> what,
1: why did you say it like that? Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> no, 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 in a good way. Like people speak to you more in Spanish than yeah. they do in English. Tell us which more which about so things weird. that
2: everyone apart from you knows. What do you mean? <laughs> Everyone knows that. Oh, right. It's got a massive Latino
1: <laughs> population. That's what it's known for.
0: Um, you, it it was almost you? like
1: you, you went there and so no one speaks English. Really know, like, <laughs> it's like London, no one speaks English. <laughs> Couldn't get a fry up, could I? <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Did
1: they do a good part of Guinness there? <laughs>
0: I don't drink Guinness, so I wouldn't know. Um, you dressed yeah, like a part uh, for that. Football's
1: on in the, mo- <laughs> the football's on in the morning. It's <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous.
0: I love Miami. It's a good place. Hot weather. So um, you go
1: there. You would go, I there, don't go know there
0: for sure. What else to say? What do what we to say? It's um yeah, it's a nice place. I'd Will Smith holiday.
1: told me it was um yeah, full of Dominican women with cinnamon tans. So I was like yeah. well, brilliant. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, you there you go. Welcome to smile. Miami.
0: Yeah, no, decent place. I mean. Like you're saying, if you are at that stage of your career where you've achieved so much, and you want to go and just basically play your last couple of years in Miami, hundred percent. I don't how hell not.
1: I don't think the venue, I don't think the venue of Miami. I right. I don't think going to Miami on holiday is a bad thing at all. I would encourage it.
2: Well, uh, you don't even know where it is. No, no exactly, exactly, yeah. How would you even know you were there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, look, it's the Miami Bridge. Um, <laughs> But what I would say is if you're a fan of. Go see the
2: Statue of Liberty. <laughs>
1: <you know. laughs> Go. Miami Canyon's lovely this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is, though, if you're a fan of Inter Miami or if you're a fan of the MLS in general, when you're hearing the name of these players coming over, when you're hearing Ryan Shawcross saying, I was going to retire, but then they came calling, you're going to be a little bit worried yeah. that maybe the football, maybe the product, because maybe the thing that they should be there for because isn't going to be priority.
2: absolutely clear Ryan Shawcross had an amazing career, it was capped for England, etc. But I am making this absolutely clear to everyone now. The only way MLS fans are going to know who Ryan Shawcross is is because he broke Aaron Ramsey's leg. And that is not a massive ringing endorsement for a player.
1: Um, he also ended up in the net for Zlatan Ibrahimovic in his only England over. cap against Sweden. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
2: But what 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 is worth worth saying? Probably put
1: that on a billboard. <laughs> 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 yeah. Picture of him failing <laughs> in the net. Yeah. Welcome, Welcome,
2: Ryan. Ryan. I think it's yeah. though, like Ryan eight, the tuna I
0: like thirty-five-year-old Messi is still better than like. Oh, yeah. Some other players. Aren't and, they?
2: Well, what I was going to say was before you get too, before everyone everyone gets too snobby about it, despite all the, obviously the jokes we're making, there was a time when the Premier League was like this, when players would only only consider coming to um, the Premier League if they were a bit down on their luck, uh, were having a bit of a difficult time of it, or coming to the end of their career, and it took the Premier League a long time to get up to where it is now. So it's it's not, to me it's no different to the to the same process.
1: But I, I think the MLS by and large is is better than that. I think I think it's better than what into Miami are doing. I think that's my main it's issue just with it. MLS,
2: not the
0: MLS. Yeah, <laughs> people will get pissed off at you
1: if yeah. you say that. Well, I mean, he already doesn't know anything. <laughs> <of MLS,
0: laughs> Would you like to go to the Miami soon?
1: <laughs> you you can g- g- get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> you've broken him not <laughs>
0: it's not going to go well we you play your parts no, yeah, uh, uh, I've, I've done my best through this last half an hour or so to this really is, wind fish up have this, this
2: is like six pints in a kebab before a football match <laughs> <laughs> the preparation has been terrible good
0: lord um, speaking of football matches there are some World Cup qualifiers later um, obviously the big talking point is Gareth Bale just winding everyone up um, and saying he's basically going back to Spain um, were you as surprised by this than a lot of Tottenham fans were Vish because really, I mean, the terms of his deal were just a loan to the end of the season. So why is everyone so shocked?
1: Yeah, I, I wonder if a lot of the coverage of this yesterday was was quite disingenuous. I think, quite mischievous, I thought. Yeah, because yeah, I think Spurs, by and large, Spurs fans in particular, they've known the score. They know he came and he wasn't playing as much, so therefore he needed to build back up. And they know, obviously, it wasn't ideal the length of time it took, but they appreciated the guy they were getting wasn't the Gareth Bale that left them. Um, I also thought that, you know, he, they were... I'd say kind of the average football fan now is is has a pretty good idea of the economics of football, not least their own club. And I think the wages that he was on, the fact that he's going to be 32 in July, probably made them think, this will be nice for a season, it'll be a bit of backup up top. But do we really want him long-term? Like, what are you going to give Gareth Bale? Ideally, you'd probably think he'd want a three-year deal. Do you think Spurs are going to give him that with that kind of money that he's on, even if he took a hit? Even if Real Madrid wanted to take a hit on the transfer because he's got a year left on that deal? So... Yeah, I, I, I didn't think the the coverage of it was. I, I think the coverage of it was deliberately, um, you know, trying to spark something up here. Mm. Um, but to be fair, I did see some Spurs fans on my timeline who I who I'm mates with who was who were quite put out. <laughs> well, no, they're on my timeline, so I just follow them on Twitter. So they might not technically <laughs> be mates. They might not like me saying that I'm <laughs> I'm mates with them actually. But a few of them were a bit like, well, that's. I think the fact that he said it and there's still you know a decent chunk of the season to go and Spurs are still trying to get something out of this season, they've probably thought, oh God, his mind's elsewhere. But I think I thought he was just saying that as it is. Yeah. And I think if you saw the video clip as well, he was asked a question, he answered it pretty I, straightforwardly. I, I,
0: I completely agree. And I think that, that that's the term of what he's at Spurs for till the end of the season, until that changes and maybe Spurs say, actually, we want you for longer. And then of course he's got to say, well, I'm going back to Spain because that's what the term is.
2: Also, I mean, you've got to be completely deluded if you think he's going to sign for Spurs long-term because it means he's going to have to take a massive wage cut and nothing he's done in his behaviour in the, however many years he's been at Real suggests he wants to do that. So it, it's going to involve a huge climb down on wages from from him to do, to do it. There's no way Spurs will get him otherwise.
0: Mm.
2: And uh, like you say, it's, it's a, I mean, I, I, but my personal opinion on whether he should go back to Real or not is that I don't think he should. I think he should try and go in somewhere where he can play. And I think he should. I think you're a long time retired. He's made enough money anyway. He's multi, multi, multi millionaire. He's made more money than he's ever going to spend. Of course, these are his decisions to make, not mine. But my opinion is, you're a long time retired, and so he should go somewhere where he can play regularly. We've seen what happens at Spurs in recent weeks when he's been given a, a time to actually get up to match fitness and play he's played mm. much better his, his performances and his contributions have been through the roof when he goes back to Real Madrid what's going to happen they're not going to want him more now he's a year mm. older mm. Z- Z- Zidane if he's still the coach isn't going to want to play him more they're Real Madrid mm. so essentially what he's admitting really if we're being totally honest is that he's just going to go and pick up his money which is absolutely his decision but he isn't going to play there mm. so if he wants to play football he should go somewhere else I'm not saying it's, it has to be Spurs or whatever
0: and that that's might going happen. to involve a pay yeah,
2: but it's you, going to involve a pay cut because no one yeah. else is going to give him that contract now, yeah. to, particularly in the post-pandemic world.
1: Yeah, and and the other part of it is um, was that you know he said that he wanted to play for Spurs because he wanted to be match fit for the Euros. Which again, is fine. Players do that all the time. Um, it's one of the reasons that you know loan periods of this time. You know, we saw a bit with Deli Alley, where it's quite um, you know it does happen quite a lot and players do move. That being said, having you know um, lamented the coverage of it a bit and saying it's a bit cheeky. I saw someone tweet that <laughs> Gareth Bale joined Spurs because all the gyms were shut, and, and I quite like that. <laughs> and they also made the point that it is cheaper than getting a Peloton. So ah, uh,
0: very true, very yeah. true. Well, look, I mean, fair play to him. Look, he he has got himself into a bit position now where he probably is fit for the Euros. And obviously, this game tonight against Belgium it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough match for Wales. Um, very good Belgium side at the moment, of course, and I love Roberto Martinez so much i worked with him recently and he's just like the nicest guy so um, he seems like
1: that i was gonna ask actually like if you've the been best, m- working with him
0: the best guy and knows everything about every footballer ever to exist who's that sorry roberto martinez oh nice yeah. what do you reckon quick. what do you reckon he says about mm-hmm.
1: you behind your back try and find the jingle for play your parts right <laughs> Can't
0: find it. what do you think what
1: what do you reckon he says about you behind your back
0: i think he would have said i was very professional at my job
2: yeah to be fair jules is re- i mean we've done radio shows together jules and she is pretty professional
0: yeah, she's all well, we're right. not professional on the ramble. Yeah. Does this not count?
2: Yeah, we'll
0: talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, <but> yeah, <laughs> World Cup qualifies to look forward to a bit later. Um, so yeah and uh, oh yeah actually speaking of Roberto Martinez um, he talked about his Belgium career on Between the Lines with our very own Melissa Reddy just a few episodes ago so if you haven't listened to that yet it is a fascinating listen so find it in your podcast app uh, right before we go it's time for me and Vish to work together in Play Your part I mean part, that's right? just not happening is it not it
1: could
2: happening. be the last ever episode of the Football Ramble <laughs> Barton might have gone, and Giovino did. Why Barton? Well, because he grabbed him by the throat. Well, I just thought that, uh, firstly, the guys dived. <laughs> <laughs> Great bit of part. No, no, no production team has been more disappointed by anything than the fact that you saying what he said to uh, Manuel Pellegrini, you know, shut your noise, wasn't actually recorded anywhere. And you can't get an audio of it, because that would have been the jingle oh, for Play Your Pard, right? So but sadly, <laughs> unless anyone out there has got it, um, we can't have it, so um, we have to go with that for now. Um, isn't isn't it weird? I, I was looking up um, that incident where Barton got sent off against um, uh, for, for Barton got sent off for, for grabbing uh, Jovino by the throat and I think slapping him or something.
1: <laughs> 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 I think. Classic. But when I when Just I, was, thought
2: was yeah. I remind myself of that incident because it was obviously quite entertaining, it's involving lots of different kind of interesting characters. And um, the only thing I could find on Google, really, all all the first hits on Google were the fact that when Alan Pardew first turned up to manage Joey Button, Joey Button did a big speech telling him that no one wanted him there. (laughs) 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 What is happening here? Anyway, anyway, play your parts right. Um, Let's do it. What we do is we give you a subject. You have to go higher or lower all the way through to number 10. If you get the legendary 10th player... We'll Come up with some kind of prize. Andy Brassel is the record holder at the moment with seven.
0: Wow, he's okay. done seven and we're working together answers.
2: here. Yeah, you guys work together against the uh the game. And if you if you get the 10, you you know, you get the uh, the plaudits <laughs> as a team. So, first of all, you've got to pick a number between one and five. Who wants to pick that? Presumably, it's you, Jules.
0: Uh, yeah, I'll go three. Fuck's okay. sake. <laughs> what would no you cons- have gone for, Vish?
2: Four. Well, three is Premier League goals. So you've got players and how right. many Premier League goals they've scored. It's actually quite a good yeah, selection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, your first player, as ever, is the great, uh, the great man himself, Alan Pardew, who at the time of recording yeah. has scored zero Premier League goals. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure we expect that to change. So your first player has he scored more or less, higher or lower, if you like, Premier League goals than Alan Pardew's zero? It's Romelu Lukaku.
0: I'll let you answer this one.
2: Ask <laughs> where, nice isn't it? <laughs> Generous. We'll go higher. <laughs> Correct, that's one. So you've got one in the bank. That's safe. Okay. Okay, the next player, higher or lower than 113 goals that Romelu Lukaku scored. Ooh,
0: 113.
2: Higher or lower, Teddy Sheringham. High and lower higher. Than one or th- yeah, you think so? Higher. Happy with that? It's also correct. Okay, that's good. two. Good, good. Teddy Sheringham scored 146 Premier League goals. Very good. Yep. Um, so that's two in the bank. Next player, higher or lower than 146, Carlos Tevez.
0: Mm, I'd, I'd say lower, would you? Mm. Yeah, yeah I would, yeah. I'd say lower.
2: Okay. Correct. Yes. Do you want to have a guess at how many he scored?
0: Um, I reckon in the eight, maybe 70-odd? 84.
2: 84? 84? Yeah. Okay. Next player. So you've got three in the bank. You're going great guns. Um, so that's three. The next player, higher or lower than 84 Premier League goals, the legend himself, Eric Cantona. This is one for Vish, probably. Although well, this is probably before Vish started supporting me. No, I <laughs> <laughs> go on,
0: Vish. Higher or lower you. than
2: 84 goals, Eric Cantona.
0: I would... What's your inkling?
1: <sighs> my inkling... Oh, fuck off. Would... My inkling is higher.
0: I would say lower. But let... Let's... You make oh, the call because you're... you're the United fan. You make the call on this.
1: No, you do it. You do it.
0: All right. I'm going to go with my gut on this, which is lower. Yes! Correct! Yes. That's, Come on. Four. That's four! That's four! Well played. So how many?
2: 70. Yes. 70. It's kind you of interesting the impact yeah. Eric Cantona had yeah. isn't necessarily played out yeah. in the numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So Eric Cantona's got 70. The next player, okay. for your fifth player, higher or lower than 70, Sadio Mane.
0: Oh, I'd say more, Fish. What, would, what do you think?
2: You'd say more for Sadio Mane. Do
0: you not think? Think how many, how many seasons at Liverpool, and I'd say in all of those seasons he's got near 20 goals.
2: I wonder how many listeners playing along are still in the game here. And then... Four in.
0: Prior to Liverpool, he would have scored a fair few at Saints. Oh, I don't know about 70, actually.
1: Yeah. How the count can- was... 70. 70.
0: How many 70 years, dead. 70, how many years has he been at Liverpool? How many seasons has he had? Is it?
1: Need to push for an answer. You need no, to go. No,
0: this is, this is hard this month. Let's do the quick maths. Say hey?
1: he's been there for four seasons. <laughs>
0: Quick maths. Yeah. If, so you're saying, if, if we're saying, if we're saying 20, 20 goals... Premier League, this though, ...season, so but we're I'm saying Premier League, so we're less than... minimum. Okay,
1: so we're, we're about 60, 60 there.
0: Plus how many he scored at Saints? I'd say more. Go on. More. Higher.
1: Yes! Woo! Yeah, come five. on! Five. How,
2: five.
0: how, how many?
2: You've got, he scored 91.
0: More than I thought. So that's mm. five. You're wow. halfway okay. there. Okay, next
2: player. Come on, than, we need to beat the brass. Higher or lower than 91? Peter Crouch.
0: Oh, that's really hard because he's played for so many fricking clubs. Uh...
2: Higher or lower than 91. Oh, lanky git, Peter... <laughs> <laughs> Peter Crouch. It's supposed
1: to be hard. Shit. That's the point of it.
0: I think it could be.
1: Oh, um.
0: You think it's more? I think it's more. He's got 100, hasn't he? I think he has got 100. Yeah. Let's go higher. Higher. Higher.
2: higher. Yes! Correct, that's six. Come on. So your seventh player to equal Brussels record. Higher or lower than 108 for 108. Peter Crouch.
0: Go on, Crouch.
2: Didier Drogba. Uh, Legendary player. What a player. What a striker.
0: 108.
2: you got six. Is it higher or lower than 108? Didier Drogba's Premier League goals. I don't reckon many of our listeners will still be in the hunt here.
0: Uh, how many years was he at Chelsea? Can you remember? I think he's got over 100 for Chelsea.
1: I would say he is over 100, but, but he's it's going to be close, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if he's in the.
0: How many was the...
1: Peter Crouch scored 108 Premier League goals
0: in I, his career. I think more. I reckon he's got You reckon more, but between him and
1: 120, yeah. I okay. think it's
0: about 120. Let's go more. But I'm not really
1: sure. No, more. let's... Do, no, no, you, no. Come I'm on, go you need it. to give me an answer now.
0: My, my initial... My instinct was more. Let's, okay. Let's go more. higher. No!
1: <laughs> you rotter! You ruined
2: this for everyone! Six... Six... <laughs> six players You've got six players no. One short Did they drop job a 104 Premier ah. League
0: So it was
1: just lower I'm afraid But there's a good
2: game He did well And he's still got the record
0: Damn you Brassel he's a, he's a
1: proper nerd God Isn't he He should work good. In the laboratory observatory <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he,
1: he probably does Get in the chalet was he, on,
0: was he on his own When he did that He was yeah
1: <laughs> It's ridiculous isn't yeah. it <laughs> Yeah.
0: Brussels. Oh, that was annoying. Well played, Fish. Well played. We you know what? The that was all there. right.
1: We started, you know, I, well. I told you to get fucked during the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm
1: not going to say I'm totally proud of that. Um, I then called into question your professionalism you and I said that BT Sport were, you know, your large reason why they lost the WSL gig. <laughs> you carry on this. You're not going to get but, a job at the but, CIS Football Yeah. But we we rallied, didn't we? I rescued
0: you on a Manchester United player's You do, but I
1: I don't know fuck all about it. Why do you think I'm here?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I loved that, Luke. That was brilliant. Cool. Um, Well played, Vichy boy. Uh, Right, um, if you enjoyed today's show, drop us a review. Why don't you do it while you're listening now on Apple Pods or wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate every single one of them. It helps any new listeners find all of our weirdness and uh, we like more of you listening. So uh, get yourself involved. Leave us a review Um, tomorrow. Andy, Andy, Jim and Marcus are here. So enjoy that. Luke, yes yeah, see, see you later. Bye see guys. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network. Right. Right, should we do this boys? Yes. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, let's do it. Energy, energy now. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why did you look at me
0: like that <laughs> when well, you did know. that? That was really <laughs> so partridge, <weird>. wasn't it? <laughs> so weird.
1: <laughs> 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 now.
0: Right, okay, let's go. Hell. By the way, Chabby Alonso, to mention Gladbach, is like my favourite thing. Yeah. He is the fittest man
1: ever. ever.